Welcome to the podcast of Apostles by the Sea Anglican Church in Rosemary Beach, Florida. You can find out more about us on our website at ApostlesByTheSea.com. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples and to the great multitude, be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you in worship this morning. Today, we continue our look at Jesus' sermon on the plain. And last week, we heard him tell us that we're blessed when we're poor and when we're hungry and when we're sad and we're blessed when people hate us. And then he followed those shocking statements up with some scary ones. He says, woe to you who are rich. And woe to you who have enough to eat. And woe to you who are happy. And woe to you who are liked by everyone. He takes everything, the way we look at the world, and he turns it all upside down. And he says, we're blessed when we're sad. And we're in danger when we're happy. How do we understand that? Well, that was last week. And if you want to know what we said about it, you can listen to our sermon. It's on the website. Go find it. It'll be great. But today, we are going to continue working our way through his sermon on the plain. And as I do, I want us to remember something, okay? One of my favorite moments in all the Gospels comes from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John. And Jesus has told his disciples some really hard things, things that are difficult to understand, kind of like he's doing in this sermon on the plain. And many of his disciples stop following him in that moment. They can't understand what he's saying. What he's saying is too hard for them. And, as, and after many of them turn away and leave him, he turns to the 12, his closest friends, and he asks them, are you going to leave me as well? Are you going to go away as well? And that's when Peter says some of the most beautiful words in the New Testament. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I love that so much. Where else would we go? He's the only one who has the words of eternal life. 
even when his words are difficult, even when they challenge us, especially when they challenge us. They're the words of eternal life. We mentioned last week how people will come here to the beach and often they'll say something like, now this is living, this is living. But Jesus almost always challenges that by taking what we desire, turning it upside down and then saying, no, that's not living, this is living. This is how to live an eternal kind of life, by following me, by listening to me, by being with me. And so as we look at what Jesus says today, let's remember that he's the one who has the words of eternal life. He's the one who has come to share that life with us and to show us all how to truly live. That's what his sermon on the plane is all about. How to live as one of his followers, how to experience eternal life, not just sometime after we die, but how we can begin to live an eternal kind of life, even now. So let's look together at what he's telling us. This is on page five. Let's look at verse 36, just that one little thing. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. And I want to stop right there and ask you, is that how you see God? Is that your experience of God in your life, that he's merciful? Or do you feel like maybe he's up there looking for ways to get you, waiting for you to do something so that he can punish you for it. Is that how you see God? See, I've known people who have been convinced that their illness was God paying them back for something that they did years ago. They had it coming to them for all they'd done. And see, the thing is, even Jesus' disciples wanted to know about a man who was born blind. Who had sinned? This man? Or maybe it was his parents that he was born this way. And Jesus' answer to them was remarkable. It shattered all their expectations because he said, no one sinned. There, that's the answer. No one sinned. It's not about that at all. This is not some punishment for something. He was just born that way. But you know what we should do about it? Instead of speculating about why he was punished or who might have been punished or why, we should heal him while we can. That's what we should do. That's the work of God, he said, bringing healing to this man. And so I wonder, what is God like to you? Is he always watching for ways to pay you back for doing something wrong? Is that who God is? Every time something bad happens, it must be that God is mad at you for something? Or is he merciful, just like Jesus says? You know, we're going to sing a song later on in the service. It has a remarkable line. It's drawn from the prophet Micah. And it says this, who is this God? who pardons all of our sins and is so ready to forgive, who delights in showing us mercy. Who is this God? That's what the Old Testament prophet, that Old Testament prophet knew, that it was God's delight to show us mercy. It delights him, which means it makes him happy to show us mercy, to show mercy to people who need it. And Jesus says, with the words of eternal life, be merciful even as your father is merciful. And he can say that because that's exactly how our heavenly father actually is. All right, so let's look at how people who believe that about God and want to follow Jesus and live an eternal kind of life are meant to live. Let's look at what, that, what it looks like. 
This is what Jesus tells us. Look down, though, at verse 41 with me. He said, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out that speck that's in your eye, when you yourself don't even see the log that's in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the log that's in your own eye, then you will see clearly to take out the speck that it's in your, that's in your brother's eye. You know what this is about, right? It's about our favorite thing to talk about. It's about sin. It's about sin and our tendency to see with great conviction and clarity the faults in others while overlooking and excusing the faults that we see in ourselves. And what Jesus wants his followers to be like is he wants us to be so much more concerned about our own faults than we ever are about other people's faults. And he wants us to spend much more of our time and our energy dealing with our own faults than focusing on other people's faults. And if we were to look at that passage again, from verses 41 and 42, we see that every single time he refers to what's in your brother's eye, he calls it a speck. And every single time he talks about what's in your eye, he calls it a log. My eye too, by the way, a log or a plank. He says it three times each. The other person, your brother, he's got a speck in his eye and you, me, we have a plank in our own eye. And surely, here's the thing, surely it should bother us a lot more if we had a huge plank sticking in our eye than it would bother us if we thought we saw a speck in one of our brother's eye. We should be a lot more concerned about this dangerous thing. That's his point. And so as followers of Jesus, a good question to ask ourselves is this, whose sin bothers me more? Whose sin do I hate more? The sin I see in someone else or the sin that I see in me? What bothers me more? The speck I see in their eye or the log that I've got in my own? Okay, so I'm going to take a detour for just a minute. And I'm going to see... I see a lot of visitors today, so bear with me. But I'm going to see if I can poke you in the eye a little bit, okay? I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and let's see if, how they strike you. And let me be clear, I'm, I really am trying to poke you in the eye a little bit, and I'm kind of poking myself in the eye, too, but I'm not taking sides. I just want to see if I can, if I can poke you in a place that uh, makes you a little bit concerned about something that's going on out there, okay? So just go with me on this. And let me ask you this. What bothers you more? Some teenagers wearing Make America Great Again hats, smirking and laughing in the face of a Native American man while he drums and chants a Native song. Or, does that bother you more? Or, does, does a Native American man pressing into a group of teenagers, waiting for their buses, and aggressively drumming and chanting in their faces, does that bother you more? Or is it the national media who jumped to conclusions before they had all the facts? Does that bother you more? Have I poked anybody in the eye yet? I'm trying to poke you in the eye, okay? What bothers you more? Or maybe this, does it bother you more that young women from the United States and Great Britain left their families a while ago? to go and fight with ISIS and to support terrorists in the Middle East, does that bother you? Or does it bother you more when those young women realize what a big mistake they made to leave the safety of the Western country they hate 
and now they want to return home. Does that bother you more? What bothers you more? That people would attack someone simply because of the way they look, their sexual orientation? Or does it bother you more that that person might have made up everything just to get some attention for himself? What bothers you more? Okay, I'm trying to poke you in the eye. I hope I did. How many people want to leave church right now and just go, go get lunch? What's this priest talking about? But I was trying to do it to get you to think about something that has really bothered you maybe out there. Out there, it just bothers you, gets you riled up. If you watch the news at all, there's a daily parade of crazy and horrible and yuck out there. And we're given so many opportunities to focus on what's wrong out there. And I can get sucked into it. And I can get disgusted and angry. And sometimes I let it get me worked up. And I bet I'm not the only one in here like that. But when I hear Jesus say something like this, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? I feel a little bit exposed. Not just a little bit, kind of totally exposed. And I realize that he knows me all the way down. And what a great question. Why do I see the speck in others and overlook the log in my own? Why do we do that? Let's just assume that Jesus knows all of us all the way down. And when I think about that, I can think, of, I can think right off the bat two reasons why I might prefer to see the specks in everybody else's eye. One is because I like the distraction from the mess that's going on inside here. I like the distraction. Watching how messed up it is out there in the world helps distract me from how messed up it can get in here. Second is this, it's a lot easier for me to focus on what's wrong out there. There's not really a lot I can do about it anyway, first of all. And it's real easy for me to sit back and be bothered and to have an opinion. Maybe there's a third reason. I think there is. I think it makes me feel better about myself when I can compare myself to all the chaos all around. When I can say, well, at least I'm not like one of the politicians up in Washington. I guess I'm pretty okay compared to that. And I can sit back and be all right, be happy with myself. But look at what Jesus said. He said, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Let me ask you again, what bothers you more? The sin you see out there? The sin you see in someone else? Or your own? The sin that you see in here? What bothers you more? The darkness that's all out there? Or the darkness that still lurks in here? Jesus isn't saying, that the darkness out there doesn't matter, but he is saying that your focus, that our focus, the thing that animates us the most should be the darkness that we see in here. Okay, let's look back at the text. Jesus says, verse 37, be merciful, sorry, 36, be merciful even as your father is merciful. And then in 37, he says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I love that image. Good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your lap. So we, um, we let our kids eat ice cream on treat nights. It's kind of a reward for behavior that's good. And, and when, ice, when treat night comes around, they have controlled portions that they get to eat. They can't just go crazy and have the whole tub. We've got four kids. We've got to spread it around. So we give them a, a cup to fill up. Now let me tell you how that cup gets filled up. Good measure. Press down. <laughs> You know, I mean, they're, they're making sure that that cup holds as much of a cup of ice cream as it can possibly get. And usually it's pouring over the top. But here's the, is that not true? It's, oh, it's even worse. It's a half a cup that we let them have. All right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, there, fair enough. That makes me wonder why sometimes I see a cup sitting in the, in the sink after it's all over with. But, but people, here's the thing. That's how God is with us. With his grace and with his love and with his mercy and his with compassion. That's how God is. Good measure. Pressed down. Running over. Shaken together. <clears throat> That's what he wants for us. That's how God is with us. He wants to give us as much as he possibly can, filling us up until we're overwhelmed and running over with his mercy and with his love. Jesus says, be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Look down at verse 38, the last sentence of verse 38. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Do you know what that is? That's an invitation to be extravagant with our mercy towards others. He's telling us right here to dare to overdo it. Dare to go overboard because with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Sometimes my kids overdo it. Sometimes they use a measuring cup a little bit bigger, William, let's admit it, a little bit bigger than they should to get that ice cream. Sometimes we make them put it back because that's the kind of parents we are. <laughs> but sometimes we let them eat that extra that got into their bowls. And here Jesus is speaking the words of eternal life and he's showing us what an eternal kind of life looks like. And you know what it looks like? It looks merciful and overflowing and gracious it looks like people who dare to love and show mercy and kindness and even dare to overdo it. And it looks like people who are more bothered by the darkness that they see in here than the darkness they see out there. That's the beautiful way God wants us to live. That's the kind of people Jesus wants us as his followers to be. People who show mercy and who dare to overdo it. And people who look and act and love just like him. So, apostles by the sea, church, let's be those people, okay? All right, in Jesus' name, amen.